What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode. As we begin every episode, I want to remind you that what you're going to learn about today is for education only. It is not medical advice. Let's just start with a quick update. So many of you may have heard already and know and probably already bought, but we released our first product on Amazon this week. It was on Tuesday. It's our moisturizer. It's right in time for winter and fall because these are the seasons in which you need a moisturizer the most. If you haven't checked it out or bought one yet, go and do so right now. Go to Amazon, type in MD Crafted, that's one word, or go to our website, mdcrafted.co slash pages slash buy dash here. And thank you for your support. We love you guys. All right, let's get into our normal discussion here. Today, we're going to talk about psoriasis. And this has application beyond anyone that doesn't have psoriasis. This has application for everyone, essentially. And why is that? Because we're going to talk about genetics and lifestyle and how your lifestyle can trump your genetics, meaning it doesn't matter what kind of genetics you have, what you inherited from your parents, all that in, in fact, this study will show that all of that pales in comparison to the lifestyle decisions and the choices you make about how you live in terms of exercise, in terms of smoking cigarettes, in terms of your dietary choices. So I'm super excited to share this episode with you. All right, I'm going to link the paper that I'm quoting and citing in the show notes, but the, the title of this paper is Associations of Combined Lifestyle and Genetic Risk with incident psoriasis. This is a prospective cohort study among UK biobank participants of European ancestry. This paper was published in 2022. All right, let's start with some context like we always do. So psoriasis is an inflammatory condition of the skin. It's not considered autoimmune. Lots of my patients ask me that question when they're first diagnosed with psoriasis. They ask, is this autoimmune? And the answer is no but it shares some features with autoimmunity. And the, the main feature is primarily uncontrolled inflammation. And in autoimmune conditions, your immune system is overly stimulated and it's mounting an inflammatory response against your own body. In psoriasis, there's just uncontrolled inflammation. It's not like your immune system is trying to kill or destroy something. It's just that it's uncontrolled and it leads to characteristic skin rashes. Uh, particularly a rash on the elbows, the knees, that's called chronic plaque type psoriasis. You can have psoriasis on your scalp. You can have psoriasis on your fingernails and your toenails. Inverse psoriasis develops in the folds, like your armpits, your groin, your buttocks. And very importantly, psoriasis is not limited to just your skin and nails. You can have joint involvement. That's called psoriatic arthritis. You can have ocular involvement. That's usually presents with something called uveitis or inflammation of the uveal tract in your eyeball. You can develop inflammation of the vasculature in your body. So like inflammation in your cardiovascular system, that is why people with psoriasis have an increased risk for heart attacks and strokes. It's also why people with psoriasis tend to develop diabetes and metabolic syndrome at a higher rate because there's inflammation of the vessels of your body, the blood vessels. So psoriasis has been pretty thoroughly studied over the last two decades. And what investigators have found is that there are very strong genetic associations with developing psoriasis. In other words, there's a really strong genetic component. It's extremely inheritable. So if your parents have had psoriasis, 
where you have a brother or sister with psoriasis, there's a much likely, much greater likelihood that you'll develop psoriasis. Okay, despite that, scientists have also recognized that there are modifiable risk factors that can reduce or increase your risk for getting psoriasis. And that includes risk factors like your body mass index, also known as your BMI, whether or not you smoke, the level of physical activity you engage in, and dietary habits. So let's talk about those pretty quickly individually. So having a high BMI, that generally means that you're obese, is correlated with having psoriasis. If you smoke cigarettes, you have a much higher chance of getting psoriasis. A sedentary lifestyle, meaning you don't exercise, is also associated with psoriasis. And then eating inflammatory foods like junk foods, fast foods, fried foods, those are all associated with having psoriasis. On the opposite end of the spectrum, having um, a lower BMI, like between 18 and 25, that's associated, that's inversely associated with psoriasis, meaning it can protect you from developing psoriasis. Um, exercising regularly, not smoking, and eating a healthy diet, all of those lower your risk for psoriasis. And that's actually what this study proved. So I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's get into the study. So this was conducted in the UK. They looked at more than 500,000 people that were enrolled in this biobank registry. And that basically means they had the, the genomes of more than 500,000 people. The genome is the collective genetic makeup of an individual. So basically they had a ton of genetic information on this group of people. They ranged in age from 40 to 69 years of age and the data was collected between 2006 and 2010. Uh, included individuals were people of um, Caucasian descent. They had to be British, Irish, or other white backgrounds and they had to have lifestyle and genetic information in order to be included in this study. According to the study, an ideal body mass index was defined as greater than 18.5, but less than 25 kilograms per meter squared. Intermediate BMI was categorized as less, sorry, greater than 25, but less than 30 kilograms per meter squared. And a poor BMI was defined as greater than 30. Smoking status was defined as ideal if the person in question had never smoked or if they stopped smoking more than a year ago. Intermediate was categorized as if they had stopped smoking within the last 12 months. And poor was defined as if they were current smokers. Physical activity was defined as ideal if the participant had exercised more than 150 minutes. That's two and a half hours per week. Intermediate was defined as between 74 and 149 minutes of moderate activity per week. And poor physical activity was defined as not having performed any moderate or vigorous activity during the week. Dietary patterns were adapted from the American Heart Association guidelines. And ideal was defined as a total fruit intake of more than three or more servings per day total vegetable intake of three or more servings per day, total fish intake of two or more servings per week, and processed and red meat intake of less or one or less than one servings per week. Okay, so those are the four parameters, BMI, smoking status, exercise act activity level, and diet. And people were considered ideal in terms of their healthy lifestyle if they had three ideal lifestyle factors or more, 
poor if they had at least four poor lifestyle factors and intermediate was defined as any other combination. So I hope that's really clear. The takeaway is smoking status, BMI, diet, and exercise activity. If those were all optimized, you were considered ideal with respect to your risk of developing psoriasis. So independent from this lifestyle equation, they also calculated genetic risk scores. They basically looked at 62 different variables with respect to genetics, and they came up with three risk categories, including low risk, intermediate risk, and high risk. And I won't bore you with the details there because it gets into some pretty deep science, which is kind of beyond what we even need to understand. But suffice it to say, they looked at genes that correlate with psoriasis and they could determine if a person was at high risk, medium risk, or low risk. And then they simply analyzed the people. Out of their pool of more than 500,000 people, they actually only included 345,672 people because that's all they had in terms of information regarding the lifestyle, genetics, and risk of psoriasis and data on whether or not they developed it. And here were the results. The risk of developing psoriasis increased from ideal lifestyle characteristics to poor lifestyle characteristics. In other words, people with ideal healthy lifestyle characteristics had the lowest risk of developing psoriasis compared to people with the poorest healthy lifestyle categories. For people with poor healthy lifestyle patterns, their risk of developing psoriasis was 2.6 times greater compared to people with an ideal lifestyle. And here's the kicker, guys. This trumped the genetic risk for developing psoriasis. This is why I'm getting excited. People with a high genetic risk for developing psoriasis were 1.3 times more likely to develop psoriasis compared to people with low genetic risks. Did you hear that correctly? Genetics determined the risk of psoriasis by up to 1.3 times, whereas a healthy lifestyle determined your risk of psoriasis by 2.6. We're talking double the conferred risk. Let me be crystal clear here. A healthy lifestyle was more important at predicting the risk of whether or not you were developing psoriasis more than genetics. And that's why the study is so freaking cool, guys. I mean, just think about that. This literally is saying your genes confer some risk, but your lifestyle confers much more risk. Double the risk prediction. That amps me up, man. I think this really emphasizes that epigenetics, that is the, the things, the lifestyle that you adhere to, determines which genes are turned on versus which genes are not turned on. This is what a lot of scientists, including folks that I admire, like David Sinclair, Peter Atia, he's not a scientist, but he's more of a, he's an MD, but more of a commentator these days. But this is what they're preaching, that your lifestyle determines much more in terms of how you live and what you develop in terms of diseases than your actual genes do. And this is a huge study that supports that statement. I'm not just making this up. This is real science, people. Now, I want to share a little bit more with you about the study. It gets even more interesting and nuanced. 
If you look at both genetic and lifestyle risk factors, if you combine these two data points, you can really see an effect on your risk of developing psoriasis. For example, people that had bad genetics and poor lifestyles, their risk for developing psoriasis was 4.6 times greater than someone that had ideal genetics and an ideal lifestyle. So this kind of goes both ways. Like if you have bad genes and you decide to adopt bad lifestyle choices and bad lifestyle habits, you're really putting yourself at risk for getting this horrible, chronic, uncurable disorder like psoriasis. But the converse is true too. If you have great genes and you decide to live a really healthy lifestyle, you're really reducing your risk of developing psoriasis. Even if you have a family history, even if you have a tendency, a propensity to develop psoriasis, you can outrun your genetics. It's protective against your genetics. Your bad genetics don't, don't matter. Your lifestyle matters more. Let's just wrap up this study. So they also found that of the four modifiable lifestyle habits, smoking, BMI, diet, physical activity, there were two that actually had the greatest risks in terms of conferring your, telling you how, how, risk, how much at risk for psoriasis you are. It seemed that BMI and smoking were the strongest predictors, predictors of whether you were developing psoriasis or not, even more so than exercise and dietary habits. So if you're listening to this and you have psoriasis, try to optimize your BMI. If you're overweight, try to lose weight. If you smoke cigarettes, stop as soon as you can, because those are the most into, most two most important lifestyle factors. But really, if you want to have the, the lowest odds of developing psoriasis, then adhere to all four. That's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. So the authors of this study, they conclude that a favorable lifestyle was consistently observed across all genetic risk factors in that it protected against developing psoriasis. And, and they go on to say that the detrimental effect of genes on psoriasis risk can be offset by a healthy lifestyle, which supports observations that several healthy habits can benefit you if you have psoriasis or if you're at risk for psoriasis. And this challenges the, the current paradigm that genetic risk factors in psoriasis are really important. It actually challenges that and suggests that establishing a healthy, healthy lifestyle is even more important. And they go on to say that non-genetic driven etiologies, that's etiology just means like the cause of an underlying condition. The, these etiologies such as systemic inflammation and microbiome triggering theory, they should be given more attention so microbiome specifically when it comes to diet so i don't know about you all but this further kind of gives me hope it gives me energy it gives me excitement to know that lifestyle is more important than genes and i think that because psoriasis is so so well studied this is just going to be the first of many disorders that they're going to publish about that life showing that lifestyle matters more than your genes. I think as we learn more about conditions like alopecia areata, hidradenitis separativa, vitiligo, eczema, the more we learn about these, the more we can figure out whether lifestyle or genes play a bigger role. And I'm truly convinced, maybe I'm just an optimist, but I am convinced that lifestyle plays an immense role in all inflammatory conditions. All right, we're getting long-winded here. I'm going to end the episode here, but thanks for your support. And uh, we love you guys. Remember, check out mdcrafted.co. 
check out the moisturizer, buy the moisturizer, support this brand, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.